Hey, this is Homer Hargrove. I'm the pastor of Grape Top Church, and this is our podcast. I want to thank you for connecting with our family today, and I hope this message inspires you and that it makes a difference in your life. Enjoy the message. Welcome to Grape Top Church. I'm glad that you guys could be a part um, online. Um, I feel always compelled to say, like, I'm your host, Homer. <laughs> uh, but... Uh, we are actually starting a new series this month called Changes. Changes, And I'm actually really excited about this series because um, I feel like change is actually um, some, some philosopher or ph- uh, philosophy ideas um, is that nothing in the world is actually consistent. That, that the only thing consistent in the entire universe is change itself. Um, whether it's our lives or the world around us, change is inevitable. And in fact, it speaks volumes when you start going into um, the, the truths of how everything changes in life, uh, in our world, in our universe. It's incredible to realize that the Bible says that God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Showing that He is the one thing in the entire creation that is consistent. And it only makes sense for our creator to be the one thing that can be consistent. It's what makes him stand out. And today, specifically, we're going to be talking about I can't balance. I can't balance. And this is part one of our series. And um, we're going to just really jump into this topic today. And a lot of the a lot of the points in scriptures that we use, we're going to look at look at the scripture, uh, some of these scriptures in a dynamic way, uh, meaning that the the scripture is in t- intentionally talking about something else, but we're going to pull from it and see how it can apply in other ways. Um, and so the first point that we have is good ideas don't always work. Good ideas don't always work. And I want us to have a critical thinking moment. And um, the idea of finding balance, a lot of us have heard that term, especially with so many um, self-help, motivational, influencing wannabes out there. There's a lot of people that teach uh, that want to teach or promote that you got to find balance. You got to find balance. You got to find balance. Even in our churches, you got to find balance. It's all about balance. Um, even me and my wife, we're watching this uh, Netflix show called Cobra Kai, which uh, um, I don't know how y'all feel about it, but it's really hard find, for us to find a show on anything. And one of the one of the episodes, the the one of the main characters is like, uh, it's all about finding balance, and it's like a whole episode about balance. In my head, I was like, you fool, <laughs> you're lying to an entire generation, <laughs> um, and. Uh, this idea of balance even goes into um, even into like Hindu teaching, like the yin and yang symbol. It's all life is all about balance. We can't have uh, good without evil, which is not necessarily true. Um, the God would still be God even if there was no devil. The devil does not make God, and so even that teaching is contrary to Scripture. Um, and so our quote today is: the idea of finding balance in life is not always real or practical. It's not always real or practical. And I want us to unpack this idea about balance. This is our whole first, uh, our whole topic today is really understanding that concept 
in unteaching ourselves this idea of balance. And I'll explain why. Um, I want to share this verse in Matthew chapter 16, verse 25 through 26. Jesus is talking about the gospel being imparted into our life and becoming a Christian. But we're going to, like I said, we're going to look at this scripture in a dynamic way. It says, if you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, you will save it. And what do you benefit if you gain the whole world but lose your own soul? Is anything worth more than your soul? And I want us to really uh, pull from this scripture because I feel like it really imparts this idea of what I'm trying to say. Because we often chase this idea of finding balance in our lives. We chase it to a point where we're often left more exhausted trying to find balance than when we ever than we were even when we first started out of balance out of balance quotations y'all get what i'm saying and it, it should really show us that even just like if you're more exhausted trying to find balance then maybe it's not really a, an achievable thing but yet we just think i'm just not disciplined enough i'm just not smart enough i just haven't done the perfect uh, mathematical equation of time and energy management to solve uh, this problem in my life when it's just the the reality is is it it's not real it's not something we can grasp and so what I, what this verse is what I'm pulling from this verse is that if we try to hang on to these things in our life that we that we want to do right now we end up losing ourselves trying to just achieve this concept or this idea and and if you really get down to it, it's like when when your life is out of balance it's usually because you're wanting to do certain things even though you're too busy right and there's certain there's sometimes where we're just our lives are not we don't have uh, our our lives don't give us permission to do certain things in that season it's just out of whack and we'll unpack more details about that and really grasp um, this concept but if you notice when you try to do things out of season you end up losing your own soul like you end up going crazy trying to chase for something that's just not there right now it's like trying to force something to happen when it's not ready yet and uh, it, it's almost like it makes you go crazy a, a real simple like step back moment just as an example is if Anyone that's been like has chased a relationship before when it's just like it's just not time <laughs> And if it like becomes a thing you fixate on and everything about you is like just longing for this relationship and All the uh, you can like literally lose yourself wanting to get something that's not ready Same thing goes for like a career um, Same thing goes for like your health all these things that we chase and we put in this this box of balance and it's when it's out of season, we li we literally lose ourselves trying to force it to happen. Y'all feel me? And so, um, like a lot of good ideas, this sounds the idea of finding balance sounds good when you say it, but it simply doesn't work when you actually try it. Balance, this concept of balance, is an oversimplified solution to our very complex and complicated lives. There simply is not a one-size-fits-all approach to life's problems or situations. We have to really grasp that there is not a one-size-fits-all approach. And oftentimes this teaching of balance 
gives us the impression that one size fits all. Well, if it worked for them, it can work for me when it simply isn't true. I'm not trying to project to anyone that we shouldn't uh, strive to have time management or plan things out or to be organized. That's not what I'm saying at all. What I am saying, which is going into our uh, next point, is that life is out of control. Life is outside of your control. Life in this world is broken. And even the curse of Adam, think about all the way back to Adam and Eve. The curse of Adam was that he would work by the sweat of his brow and, and barely have enough. And now we take a step back and like, well, that's a lot like, <laughs> that's how I feel. <laughs> and, and the reality is, we are, life is so out of control and that this world is not designed to be our heaven. It is out of control. And there's certain things that we can dominate. There's certain things that we can govern and we can, and we can do well. But if we try to just control everything, we're going to be left exhausted and disappointed. The bet that, um, that's, that's not right. <laughs> well, that's not the right quote. Um, but the best way to handle the inevitable changes in life is by accepting them and adapting. The best way to handle the inevitable changes in life is by accepting them and adapting. Even for me, when I look at different parts of my life, like um, even just concept like I'm going to start working out again. I'm going to start working out. And it's almost like right when I get in a good like motion, right when I get in a rhythm, I get sick or something. <laughs> like something happens where it's like throws you all off. <laughs> and you're like, dang it. And like every time I'm about to get things under control, something happens to throw me off. And even when it comes to uh, your, your schooling, your jobs, your relationships, if you notice, it seems like right when you think that you have control, everything changes. And it's because life is out of control. And once we uh, let go and accept that things change, it helps us to change our mindset to adapt. And uh, just like how this last point is up for us to critically think about this concept of balance, in this, in this point, I want us to really learn how to accept this idea that life is out of control. Let me share with you all this verse in Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verses 1-8. through eight. It says, for everything, there is a season, a time for every activity under heaven, a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to harvest, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to tear down and a time to build up, a time to cry and a time to laugh, a time to grieve and a time to dance, a time to scatter stones and a time to gather stones, a time to embrace and a time to turn away, a time to search and a time to quit searching, a time to keep and a time to throw away, a time to tear and a time to mend, a time to be quiet and a time to speak, a time to love and a time to hate, a time for war and a time for peace. What I believe is that this these verses really amplify this concept that balance is is not real that it life is more about seasons than it is about balance and while we are we are naturally resistant to change it is the only 
is one of the very few things in the world that's guaranteed to happen. Change is guaranteed to happen. And if we can accept this to be true, then it makes it much easier to have an adaptive mindset when it occurs. I'll say this, we need to stop always trying to resist change by holding on to the sandcastles that we've built. So many times in our lives, we've built up these sandcastles on the shore and all of a sudden the tide starts coming in. And if you've ever been a little kid on a beach making a sandcastle, it's like, you're like, oh my gosh. And you start trying to dig like a moat around it. And then the, the tide starts coming in closer and closer. You're like, no, stop. And you're trying to rebuild the sandcastle. But at the end of the day, it's inevitably going to collapse. And so many things in our life that we've tried to build, it, they are not things to withstand change. And you can find a huge increase of peace in your life by learning to recognize change happening and adapting your lifestyle to go with the flow of that change. Recognizing a change of season. Let's focus on this idea of change of season. If we, if we learn how to recognize a change of season that we're in, it's so pivotal into learning how to go with the flow. Certain things will just have to wait until the season changes again, which it definitely will. And I want to give you all some examples of when I'm talking about changes of season, uh, and I'm talking about our lifestyle, okay? And uh, for example, for us, we just had a newborn baby, okay? Uh, I, for me, I love journaling and sketching. I love uh, studying scripture. I love taking notes in scripture. I love physically reading the word. Uh, there's a lot of things I love to do, but with a newborn baby, it's a change of season. It's a huge change in our life. And so these things that uh, balance tells me, well, I just have to learn how to balance. If I wake up 15 minutes earlier, then I'll be able to, to do these things still. But the reality is, it's just, it's not, it's not something I can really grasp. That it's a sandcastle, <laughs> that I'm holding on to and having this newborn is this wave just knocking it down over and over. No matter how many times I build it up, I'm expecting it to be able to last when it's just a change of season, the tide is in. And so if I can just recognize that, it's, it helps me to just better organize my life to where I'm not trying to do something outside of season. Like right now, this is not a really good time for me and Lauren to socialize. <laughs> it, it, only because we have this newborn that, and two other kids that demand so much time and attention. And so even though we love to socialize, like me and Lauren have been longing to, to be able to have like just get togethers at our house, to have people over, even with our, in, uh, our interns that are with us from Bible college at CMC, um, our last set of interns we would have over every Sunday after church. And as much as we love to do that, sorry guys, it's just not going to work with this season. And if we try to do it still, we are going to be left exhausted. We're going to be left, um, uh, that exhaustion is going to turn into irritation. It's going to make our whole week different if we try to hold on to a simple little sandcastle. You get what I mean? And so, um, like just accepting like, well, this is not really a season to, for me to, for us to throw parties. This is not a season for us to do this or that. And accepting that doesn't mean that we don't want to, but accepting that 
it helps us to just better find peace through other ways. Even like this idea of, of, of journaling. The other day, Lauren was like, I, I, uh, I really wanted to just journal today. And I sat, I put him to sleep and I sat down. And as soon as I clicked my pen, he woke up. <laughs> and I looked at her and said, oh yeah, I already decided I'm not going to journal until he starts walking. <laughs> like, that's just, a, that's a change of season to where it's like things are more manageable. And if it still doesn't work, then I'm going to just change this, like adapt and make it work. Let's try this season. Y'all get what I'm saying? And, and the same goes for, um, the same goes for any kind of other seasons. And, and it could be anything from like working out to, um, to even like going to school. I think one of the biggest mistakes a lot of parents do is that they decide to go back to college when their kids are in high school. And, and even though like, like, Hey, do, do whatever you want to do. Right. But what a lot of, what I've found is that is, is almost like the, the worst timing as a, as a former youth pastor talking to teenagers about their parents, always too busy and talking to parents that, uh, that like have this, uh, this huge disconnection with their kids. It's like, all of a sudden those four years go up so fast and then they, they finish their college and they wanted to set an example for their kid. But now their kid is moving out of their house and the last four years that they had there, the last two years, three years, whatever, they, they didn't even get to, to enjoy those last years of them being in the house. They're never going to be a teenager again, never going to be a teenager again. And they spent it uh, pursuing education again like do what you want to do. Everyone has their own choice, but then they end up, so many parents end up feeling so regretful because they realize their baby's out of the house and they are done with school. Now they have all of this extra time and their kids are gone and their ki- and there's so much dissension that even happens between their, uh, them and their parents, because even though teenagers can be snot nosed brats, sometimes every teenager that's ever known like, <laughs> what kind of youth pastor were you? You liar. <laughs> but teenagers can be snot-nosed brats sometimes. But even still, there's a longing to have connection with their parents. Every teenager that I knew that had a, a troubled home, whenever there was a question asked like, man, how come you're, uh, how come you're uh, stealing or doing this? How come you're doing drugs? I remember as a, as a kid, everyone's response was a, this negative response of, of this. Well, my parents don't care. They don't care. And even that, that, that idea of like having no bridle, being able to do whatever they wanted because their parents were too busy, even though they were doing things that they wanted to do, they were mad at their parents for letting them. Isn't that crazy? But it, and when you take a step back, it's so clear. When we do things out of season, it really does hurt us. And those, they're truly sandcastles. Most of the parents that I knew that pursued education while their kids were in high school didn't even use that education for, for anything significant until uh, years later, if at all. And so it's just, again, like you got to take a step back and just understand, is this the right season for me to do this? Don't get so antsy and trying to hold on to something that you want to do. Just like that verse I shared a little bit ago, trying to cling to it to a point where you lose your own soul. You lose things in your life trying to hold on to these things that you want to do that could even be good for you, but it's just out of season. Y'all dig what I'm saying? 
And and look, there's all kinds of seasons. It could be going to school. It could be a new job. It, there's seasons of busyness. And then there's seasons of slowness. When it, it takes a, a moment to be articulate and recognize your season. And if you feel like the more that you try to do, the more things just don't work out, it might be a slow season for you. It's like a spiritual, like universal like thing happening in the world for you. So where it's like, it's a slow time for you. And the more that you try to be busy, even though you want to be busy, it might be a time where you have to grow inwardly. Maybe that's why God is putting you through a slow season for you to grow inwardly. You want things all around you to grow, but maybe God is telling you, you're not ready for those things to grow. You need to grow yourself first. Or maybe it could be as simple as you're about to get super crazy busy. And if you don't rest right now, you're not going to be able to handle the busyness later. If we, we just got to allow God's sovereignty to take us through the seasons that we're going through. Um, there's seasons of being super social, and then there's seasons where we're alone. And there's a difference between being alone and lonely. The moments that we're alone, it could be truly special. And, and I'm telling you, if anyone that's been alive long enough will tell you that they miss moments that they were able to have alone time. Moments to just be still. Because once it gets crazy, sometimes you don't get those moments to be alone back for a long time. Speaking of having kids, <laughs> there's, there's times of saving and there's times of spending. There's times to be well-rested and there's times where you go through no rest. And it's like even for us with a newborn phase, imagine if I had in my mind, well, I need to get my eight hours of sleep. I'm telling you, that's not real for us. Eight hours of sleep, I'm, I'm blessed when I have six hours of sleep. <laughs> Five hours, that's, you know, now I'm doing okay. Four hours, that's regular. It's like, you, you got to understand that there's certain seasons where it works and certain seasons where it doesn't work. And you have to go with the flow. Take what you can get. And, and you'll be able to have so much more peace. Y'all feel me? And now, let's go into our, our last point. With all this, talk, all this talk about how things always change, there are some things that are meant to last. There are some things that are meant to last through any changes that are able to stand up against any storm. And in this, in this part, I want us to really focus on this concept of commitment. You should, you should have certain absolutes in your life that never change. You should have certain absolutes in your life that simply never change. An absolute is an always or a never. We're going to unpack that right now, but I want to share uh, these verses in 1 Corinthians 13, verses 7 through 10. Paul is talking, and he says, Love never gives up, never loses faith, is always hopeful, and endures through every circumstance. Prophecy and speaking in unknown languages and special knowledge will become useless, but love will last forever. Now our knowledge is partial and incomplete, and even the gift of prophecy reveals only part of the whole picture. But when the time of perfection comes, these partial things will become useless. When I was a child, I spoke and thought and reasoned as a child. But when I grew up, I put away childish things. Now we see things imperfectly, like puzzling reflections in a mirror. And But then we will see everything with perfect clarity. All that I know is partial and incomplete. But when I will know everything completely, just as God now knows me completely, three things will last forever. Faith, 
hope, and love, and the greatest of these is love. Now, looking at this scripture in a dynamic way, what Paul is saying is that even in the spiritual world, there's certain things that are only temporary. And once uh, even Jesus comes back, things will change. But there's certain things that will last forever, faith, hope, and love. He's saying that in the midst of all the changes in our world, there's certain things that will last forever. There's certain things that will be consistent. And what I really love about this scripture is that even as it, it, we can look at it in such a dynamic way, because when I, he says, when I was a child, I spoke and reasoned as a child. What he, another way we can grasp that is that before I had experienced life, I thought this way. I reasoned this way. But as I grew to maturity and experienced more in life, I realized what really mattered. And even just as the example I was using as a youth pastor, what really matters in, in people's older years is the relationships they value. Parents love their kids most of the time. And when they are older, I always hear parents that have kids out of the house say, even with my little ones now, we have we get unsolicited advice from older people all the time. And it's always cherish them from high chair to high school. It goes by so fast that the days are long, but the years are short. And they always have this like country twang to them. I don't know. It's just, <laughs> but it's like they have, now that they're older in years, they're, they have learned lessons in life. The Bible says in Proverbs that gray hair is wisdom of experience. And it doesn't take a genius for someone of experience to tell you that the most valuable thing that they have are the relationships of those they love. And parents can tell by once their kids are gone how much valuable that time is and what really mattered was their kids at home. One day they will leave. And I'm, I'm using this as an example to show that there's so many other things that we think that are important right now. But when we're older, we're going to look back and see how small they actually were. Right now, it's a big deal to us. But when we're older, they're truly going to just be sandcastles. That they were temporary things, not meant to last. And so, grasping that idea, we should put our effort and energy to the things that will last, to the things that will endure. And some of, the, uh, some of those things, I would call them as pillars in our life. Pillars of our life that should be placed in order to support us through any kind of change. Pillars that can withstand any storm that comes. And these absolutes, some of them, they have adaptations. Some of them will need to be adapted at times, but will still have the essence of consistency within them. Now explain, I, I wanna just give take a moment to be really practical, okay? Really practical. I want us to look at three focus zones of absolutes. And that's personal, relational, and faith. Personal, relational, and faith. 
starting with our personal pillars. Our personal pillars are really the most flexible simply because it is dependent on our ability at the given time. Some days we can alter and other days we can't. And the seasons we are in allow for certain things but not other things. A really helpful tip as I go over these pillars is, is looking at things in your life that you do with the scope of things that either give you energy or drain your energy. Okay? For example, um, if you were to look at things in a way that this activity is a plus two, a plus one, it's a zero, meaning neutral, or it's a negative one or a negative two. For some of us, our, our let's like even look at tasks at our job. For me, uh, inputting data is like a negative two for me. I hate inputting data. It's so tedious and it just like drains me. And after doing it, I, I, I just feel like I ran a marathon. It's like, man, that was exhausting. It's so boring to me. But uh, when I do ministry, like when I like, do church or like minister like this, giving a message, that's a plus two for me. I get energy, even though it takes work. It takes so much more work for me to prepare a message and deliver it than it does for me to input data. But by the end of it, I feel more energy and feel more motivated than when than after I input a data. Y'all get what I'm saying? And so in the same way, there's a lot of things in our life that we have to recognize and just know that when you're planning out your life or your day to recognize well, that thing drains me, this thing gives me energy. And you can better handle your life when you look at it like that, especially when changes come. Now, within these personal pillars, I really urge that um, that everybody find, you have to have moments where you find decompression, stress relieving, goal lining, and physical health. And I, I want to unpack these real quick. I don't want to spend a lot of time on it, but decompression is, is really just needing a moment to rest and unwind. This can be anything that helps your mind rest. From playing video games, watching some TikToks, just having moments to laugh, <laughs> a movie, journaling, sketching, drawing, or even just taking a nap. Just a moment to really decompress yourself. And the reason I'm saying this is because so many times we just, we just continue to pack things in our life without ever having a moment to decompress. And then one day, like out of nowhere, you just want to like blow your brains out. You're just like, oh my gosh. It's just like everything builds up and it's because you didn't have any personal pillars in your life to just have a moment to decompress. You, we take life sometimes uh, as a sprint rather than a marathon. And there's just times where you just need to really, you have to really plan out times to decompress. You also have to time, uh, plan out times to have a stress relieving moment. You need to relieve stress. And that, uh, whether it's, uh, it can look a lot like decompression, but I, f I really do believe that uh, stress relieving is different. Decompression is of the mind while stress relieving is more of the body. And so whether it's working out, doing yard work, having sex, if you're married, if you're married, okay, which I don't think anyone in the room is, so just go back to yard work. <laughs> or simply just having fun, we need to relieve stress or we'll lose control one day. Like literally, 
sometimes you need to have fun. Like uh, old saying, all work and no play makes Jack a dull boy. More like all work and no play will make Jack like blow his brains out. It's like you you need to be able to have a stress relieving moment. And I'm sorry for using blow brains out. I just couldn't think of anything else at the time. I was just trying to be quick. Um, but you know, you, you have to understand that you need to have some stress relieving moments. For me, when I don't exercise or work out, I literally get like built up anxiety. It's hard for me to sleep at night if I don't relieve stress. Um, when, when I said goal lining, um, goals help bring about small wins, which bring about levels of motivation and purpose. And so many times we have this idea of goal lining is like, where do you want to be in three years? Uh, I'm not really talking about that. I'm not talking about um, career goal lining. Uh, your goal lining could look as simple as trying to, uh, is, uh, even just goal lining can be anticipating changes of season. Um, just like what, what I shared earlier, my, I have a goal to be able to start journaling again when my baby starts to walk. See, that's a small goal. Uh, for my I, my own like workout routines, I have like a goal to work out from three to four times a week. You know, like those are small goals, but it's not uh, it, they're not like maker or breakers. It's not something to overly stress about. They're, like there's times where I have those goals, but changes happen to where I can't meet those goals and I have to adapt. Okay, so don't get fixated on goal lining. And then finally, physical health. The reason I, I included that is because whether it's, um, whether it's people's diet, their exercise, or the lack of sleep, your physical health, the way that you treat your body, will affect every area of your life. Think about the times that you were so angry at work and you were most likely hungry or tired. You, you perform better at work when you're well-rested and take better care of your body, right? The same goes for your spiritual life. You will more likely pray or read the Bible or even go to church if you're well-rested and feel good, if, you're, if you have a, a moderate good health. Y'all dig what I'm saying? And so and when I say diet, um, I tr uh, like our health is 80% diet, 20% exercise, and adequate sleep. <laughs> uh, adequate sleep for some, uh, if you have a newborn baby, is debatable. I mean, you just get what you can get and don't throw a fit. But... Um, even like just uh, learning, it, it's our duty to take care of our body and nourish ourselves. And um, it's not about our appearance sake. It's about just simply being healthy and feeling good. Um, and, and now uh, the final thing, which is the most important is, um, or I'm sorry, uh, the second part, which we're going to go into, which is uh, very important is relational pillars. The, the scale of relationships prior relationship priority is as follows first it should be god then your spouse then your children then your family then your close friends and then acquaintances and strangers and i know that uh, uh, not everybody has children not everybody is married um, but while we initially think that children should be more important than our spouse children stand on the security and strength of their parents. The stronger the couple, the more secure the children. And let me take a step back to, for anyone listening, that when it comes to divorce or complicated situations, you should simply do your best to do your part in bringing security in the relationship for their other parent. That could be as simple as not talking bad about the other parent to your kids. That brings security to them. 
but my parents were divorced. They, they, uh, there's times they could both like, uh, come at each other to me. And I'm just like, this is just ugly, nasty and horrible. And it, even as a kid, even if I didn't like the other parent at the time, it made me feel horrible. But whenever uh, I, I valued the moments, even when I, I would like go say to one of my parents and be mad at the other parent thinking like, oh, they're going to be all mad at them too. I remember times my dad would say, yeah, but it, instead of saying something bad too, he would say, well, she's still your mom. You, you know, I know it's hard, but she's still your mom. And those are moments where like, even though I was frustrated, it brought me a moment of security in that relationship. Y'all get what I'm saying? And so you cannot be in control of what the other parent does. You can only do what you can do. And so don't worry about the things outside of your control. Give that to God. You just give that to God, what you can't control. And, and now, let me just take a moment to speak also on marriage. Um, this will be a future reference for some of you guys, right? <laughs> so marriage, here's some examples um, uh, I'm using mainly examples of marriage and children because these are the highest obligation in our lives. Um, pillars for your marriage would look like uh, uh, pillars to have is a sex life, having a date night, which is really just undisturbed time together, and intentional acts of love. Um, and it really helps when you know each other's love language. It, it is a husband's job to have acts of romance in some way or another sometimes an act of romance can be doing the dishes you know that like those moments is a is an intentional act of service or kind words or a gift it's a it's our duties as, as spouses to do that for each other and i've we've talked a lot about in church about how important sex life is within marriage within marriage okay it's just like a fire. You take that fire outside of the fireplace and it'll burn down the house. But within marriage in the fireplace, it could be something, it's something amazing and good and it's great for the whole family, especially when it's cold outside. But it's important to have a sex life within a marriage. Uh, my wife follows, follows a lot of different like mom groups and I'm always stunned at her too of all the, they do like polls of like, how many of y'all have uh, have had sex with your husband more than once this past month? And like 90% is like, no. <laughs> and I'm like, oh my God, <laughs> God, I'm blessed and highly favored. <laughs> and and it's, it's, it's so pivotal into the, you can see marriages, just look from a step back. Healthy marriages are marriages that have healthy sex lives. Unhealthy marriages, often don't virtually have no sex life. And if, if anyone listening to this is like thinking about your sex life with your spouse, then it'd be something to, to uh, it's like a, a, something to identify and recognize that there is an inward work that needs to happen. And oftentimes it's because one of the spouses has lost respect for the other spouse in some way. I think uh, as speaking as a man, most guys are dirtbags <laughs> and, and end up just, not fostering the proper love within their marriage and causing their spouse to not want to have sex with them. Um, that's simply it. And a lot of men need to step up. But any, any wife that would be listening to this, like it, it takes work and communication. And it, it is unfair sometimes how women have to often take the reins of, of starting to heal their marriage. But 
it is worth it at the end. If it could be saved, wouldn't it be worth it? Would be something I would say. Now, enough about sex. Let's talk about what comes after sex, and that's children. Pillars for children would simply be praying for them. It's a big pillar that should happen. It's like no matter what changes in my life, even uh, no matter what changes in my life, I should pray for my kids. Just like with sex life, no matter what changes in our our life, me and my wife are going to have sex. Um, For children, allowing time for moments of fun. A lot of parents miss this because life gets busy and it's really complicated when you have kids. Um, And it's just busyness can make you forget that your kids want to have fun with you. And the world can honestly wait. Have moments of fun with your kids. It should be a pillar in your life. Discipline and direction. Proverbs 22.6 says, um, direct your children in their paths. Uh, Direct children in their path. All of Proverbs talks about disciplining your kids and giving your kids direction. Uh, Discipline and direction is one one of the most neglected areas of parenting in our generation. And it shows. Patience is something that is necessary as a parent. It needs to be a pillar. The Bible says, even though the Bible says to honor your mother and father, it also says do not subject your children to wrath. Don't subject your children to wrath. We need to have patience with children. And then finally, love. Love should be a pillar in your home, with your family, with with your children, with your spouse. It should be a pillar. And so... um, Uh, Now going into our our very last part, and that's faith pillars. This is really short because I feel like it's very simple. I wanted to unpack details with uh, with relationships because oftentimes they're so neglected. Um, And even though I focused on on, uh, marriage and children, um, those of you who aren't married or don't have kids, uh, your family and close friends are are next in line. And uh, some of you who aren't even close with your family you need to really grab hold of some close friends to be able to to strengthen and have some pillars where um, that can hold you up in times of storms. And and our, when it comes to our faith, our faith must be stimulated and nourished, or it will grow cold and die. It must be a priority in your life. If you don't put pillars of faith in your life, your faith will die out. It's as simple as that. And I'm going to just break it down to two ideas because I feel like a really great expression of the cross is that it has a, it has an outward focus and then it has an inward focus. Our outward, our outward practice of faith that should be pillars is church and connection, church and connection. If you notice strong believers, if you know anyone that is a strong believer, most of them go to church regularly. Y'all feel what I'm saying? And it's because it's an outward practice of your faith. It's something where you set aside time in your, in your week, set, set aside time in, in your life to outwardly express your faith. And church and connection, connection meaning faith-filled friends and communication with them. There's, there's times where we, we may not be able to have close, faith-filled friends um, that are near to us. But when you do find them, there should be ongoing communication. I have friends that I've known. Uh, I have uh, probably less than like four friends that I call on a regular basis to have faith-filled com- communication with. To where I talk to regularly because I need 
a, an outward pillar of expression of my faith. And church, even for me and my wife, before we were church planters, church is just a pillar that we placed when we first got married. We always go to church. When we would go on vacation together, just like little honeymoon romantic getaways, even then we would go to church on Sunday. It's just something that we always did, no matter where we went. And if for some reason a church is closed, like during the pandemic, um, when it first started and everywhere was closed, we still had church on Sunday. We, whether it was online, we'd, we'd sit and watch together, or we, even when we couldn't hold church here, uh, Sunday we would do our videos for church and we would go to another church just to be able to have that experience because we had an hour of practice. It is so important to simply go to church. And then the inward practice, reading scripture, prayer, worship. These are just pillars that we should set up in our faith. I shared earlier about how having a newborn makes it really hard to study scripture. A lot of times I have to listen to my Bible readings through the audio version rather than being able to read um, verse by verse. It, it is frustrating for me because I like to read. I like to sit down and study and journal. But even though it's something uh, that with our season of life, having three kids under three, it's not that easy to. When I can't, I still have the audio. You, you get what I'm saying? It's like it's it, it's like what I said. There's certain things that you have to adapt and alter, but it still has the essence of consistency. And and that's what these pillars are meant to do is bring consistency in your life to the things that matter. And with all that being said, I feel like a, so many people right now, so many of you are frustrated. I feel like so many of you are frustrated in different areas of your life. Whether it is your 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 work or your career, your your dreams, or whether it's your family, whether it's your relationships, maybe even when we we're talking about uh, marriage, some people listening were thinking so much and can't stop thinking about their marriage needing more consistency. Or maybe some of you have been holding on to, uh, been so frustrated about uh, not finding a spouse yet. And you're just, you're just, it makes you almost angry that, that it's the time hasn't come. And you're recognizing now that maybe this season is a season of preparing you to be that spouse for them in the future. I, me, me and my wife, we both, without even knowing each other, took a year of, of singleness to prepare, to uh, grow our relationship with God. And, and God worked on our hearts and character to be ready to be the, the spouse we needed to be for each other. You know, maybe you're just having like this self-reflection moment and realizing that there's some things you need to let go of. And maybe you're realizing right now that you need to set up some important pillars to your faith. You're realizing you need to set up some faith pillars and that out of all the things that you've been trying to hold on to, all the sandcastles that you've made, you're realizing that none of them have been made for God. You haven't tried to hold on to anything to grow your faith or your relationship with God. It's all been about other things. And you're realizing how little focus or energy you've really put to your faith. Wherever you're at, 
I want to start by asking if you're here and you're being moved in your heart to, to connect with God right now, to make him something more important than just a church on Sunday event. And you want to surrender your life to him, you want to commit to him, and you want hit, uh, Jesus to be something consistent in your day-to-day. I want us to all bow our heads and close our eyes. If that's you, I want you to just raise your hand. Amen. And if you're listening to this, and if that's you, and you're, you're, you're really just being moved to connect and surrender to Jesus right now, I really believe that needs to be a decision to be made. It, it's not just a feeling that we have one day and forget about the next, but it should be a decision in this moment where you say, from this moment forward, here I am. From this moment forward, I'm going to look for you. I'm going to search for you, Jesus. And I won't stop until I find you. And if that's you, I want you to just have a conversation with him. Talk to him right where you're at. The Bible says that if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is who he said he is, that surely you shall be saved. If you just have an authentic conversation with him, that's all it takes to start a journey with him. Address things. Accept things. Talk to him about whatever it is that you've been struggling with or holding on to. And have that moment. And if you're here and God has just been, uh, is throughout this message speaking to you about letting go and going with the flow of your seasons instead, and you just feel like God is just trying to tell you, I want you to have peace, but you're going to have to let go of some things. Stop trying to hold everything together and just let me give you peace. If that's you, with every head bowed and eye closed, I want you to just raise your hand. Amen. God, right now I ask that you just fulfill your word in people's lives and that you cause them to be affirmed by your spirit, that your Holy Spirit would give them wisdom right now, that it would give them direction, and that as they are releasing things in their hearts, that you would just cause them to feel an abundance of peace in this moment, that you would cause your peace to even rush over them. Finish what you started in Jesus' name. Amen. So right now we're going to go through a time of, of worship. Um, and before we do, we're going to sign off online. Thank you guys for being a part. We love you. Have a good life. I hope you enjoyed the message today. If you did, there's a couple things that you could do to connect. First is to subscribe to our show so that the most recent episode will always be in your feed, ready when you are. And second is if this ministry has impacted you and you'd like to help us continue to reach others, you can click the link in the description or visit our website, gravetop.com, and you can give now. I'll see you next time on the Gravetop Church Podcast.